1: It's good that we never forget what happened and kind of where we came from. And we should be grateful that like this stuff didn't continue, but we should also keep that indignation and remember what was done to us, the people and all the people who told that we weren't necessary. When in my mind and a lot of other people's mind, there's nothing more unnecessary than government workers and bureaucrats who were the ones pointing the finger at you, telling you that you didn't have a right to work you didn't have a right to earn a living that you couldn't go to feed your family and to just sit there shut up and wait for your cash your stolen purchasing power to feed your family instead of being able to go out and earn it yourself and that does something to people that's a loss of purpose right um I i can't speak for everybody but um i myself am a very conscientious person very work oriented and uh it kind of drove me nuts it did i mean it was maddening to not be able to go out and you know break a sweat bust my knuckles and earn my keep and i think that was the way a lot of people felt so i just really want people to remember what happened where we were where we are and where we could always go back to what is up everybody my name is kyle Matovic. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg Day. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So, if that's a problem, kiss my ass. I (laughs) am. All right. What's up, everybody? Um, It is Sunday... April 16th, 2023, and uh, I'm a little late to this, and this is going to air in probably about a week or two after I record this. Um, I'm in my post-workout gear, as you can see, I'm a fan of The Rock and sharks, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and my dogs will probably be running around. Um, it, It's a little bit before 8 in the morning, so you know, I already got my workout in, uh, drink my coffees, pre-workout, all my caffeine for the day, so I'm all amped up. Um, I kind of wanted to record this podcast because I started the podcast back in October of 2021, which was kind of like well after COVID, I don't want to say was over, but kind of like most of the stuff had kind of settled and people knew generally who wanted to know right from wrong. And I also kind of want to put my thoughts out there like kind of post-mortem. So like I said, this is going to air a few weeks. So yeah, it may not be completely relevant by the time this airs. But I just want to know once again, put my thoughts out there and also share kind of the stuff I had early on because I've told the stories a couple times on here but uh so from like early on i remember watching reporting coming from people i actually really liked and trusted that were pretty hyperbolic about it and a lot of people won't come out and say it they'll say that they were right about everything but a lot of people were kind of scared and reasonably so i don't hold it against them and don't think they're bad people i don't think they're dumb i just think there was an unknown out there and a lot of people did think this is going to be a lot worse than it really was but um you could even ask my wife, even though I'm not telling anybody to do that because I'm sure she would probably ignore you or block you or something like that. Um, she could tell you early on I was very, very skeptical and that I thought this was bullshit from the outset. Uh, so in like January, February 2020, I remember everybody joking about uh, the coronavirus, Kung flu and other stuff. And, uh, I remember hearing about people being cautious around Asian people, which uh, I'm sorry. I know it's kind of fucked up, but I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Um, seeing people kind of being scared of Asian people because they think they're like a vector for disease. It's, it's so dumb, but I, I am kind of easily entertained. So, you know, fair enough. Um, <laughs> So, um, for those of you that don't know, cause I picked up a lot of new listeners recently. Thank you everybody for tuning in. So make sure you like subscribe and share while I'm uh, talking about it and also go to all the links below. So you can follow me everywhere, check out my uh, affiliate link for LMNT and also Tiger Fitness to get all the um, world's best supplements, all the supplements that I use to help me get all jacked and tan, um, early on it, it, like I said, it just did not seem right to me and a lot of people were freaking out. So, um, I was just kind of watching everything going down and it just continually didn't seem right to me. And we were kind of, everything seemed relatively normal. And I remember my job telling me at the time that like, Hey, we're not going to shut down. Uh, You guys are going to stay working. Everything's going to be all right. And my boss is like, Oh, it's just the flu. Um, And then we went down to, well, we had kind of like an A and B team because basically their concern was that if one person got infected then that would spread to everybody else in the shop so that we would quarantine. and then half the shop would be off, and then the other half could work, you know throughout the week. Well that maintained for about a week or two in March of twenty twenty. And then eventually they said, all right, well, we're going to lay a bunch of people off. So I was one of those people that got laid off, which um, for anybody that doesn't know and the new listeners don't know, um, I am an automotive technician. If you go back to like episode 70, 71, I want to say I had Buck Johnson, Reed Coverdale, and Tommy Sammons on. We just kind of talked about blue collar stuff, which I found very, very enjoyable. And actually, I'd love to do that again sometime. And I know the other guys would be down to do it anytime, but that's neither here nor there. Um. So as an automotive technician, cars are always broke. I mean, why, why would we have jobs? Why would there be dealerships? Why would there be all these independent garages if cars weren't always broke? So in my mind, I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to get laid off. I'll be all right, because people are still going to need their cars fixed when, um, you know, regardless if the world's going to shit or not. So I'm, I'm secured. Well, a little to my knowledge that I wasn't perhaps the most uh, or the least expendable one. Um, There were some other people who I thought were more expendable, but, you know, that's personal stuff in a way, but, you know, irrelevant. So I got laid off and I went to go work for my dad for a little bit. Um, I am the fourth generation automotive technician. So I worked for him and we worked like every other day for a couple of weeks. And I remember when they started pumping out unemployment like crazy. And uh, it took me like three or four weeks to get unemployment and things were starting to look a little, little fucky. Like, uh, I'm like, am I going to be able to pay my bills this month? Because I'm out of work. uh, I'm not making that much money working three days a week under the table. And this isn't my dad's fault because, you know, everybody's staying home. Everybody's freaking the fuck out. Nobody knows what's going on. So, uh, and then all of a sudden I just got dumped thousands of dollars in my bank account from COVID, you know, stimulus and unemployment and all that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is a boon. This is, this is pretty cool. And, you know, even as a libertarian – and as a guy who thinks that taxation essentially is theft and that the Federal Reserve is basically stealing your purchasing power via inflation through all this stuff, um, it's enticing when you see the four digits just drop in your bank account. And you didn't have to do anything to earn it. So uh, at that time, my wife had continued working. She got a little bit of a pay raise because she was working for a company that had built a lot of the ventilators and i'll never forget her getting a note and once again i've told this story on the podcast a million times just because i think it's so interesting to talk about but she got a note saying that hey if the police pull you over um just show them this note so that way they know you're going to work excuse me um and that was just like super dystopian to me so um the one thing i also bring up and i just always like to have receipts we're gonna do a little share screen here um i want to, to share this this was back march of 2020 if, as you could see march 5th uh thursday march 5th at 1:43 p.m um i'm not scared of the coronavirus that was literally eight days before lockdowns happened and i kind of called it right from the get-go and I, I just like i said i knew something wasn't right so uh it, it's so funny looking back at this three years and realizing how like spot on i was not to pat myself on the back but you know uh and then this was like something that was so shocking me so as you can see in this picture my wife and i were at fago de chão so for those who don't know fago de chão is a churrascaria, which is a brazilian steakhouse where they bring out different cuts of steak lamb whatever on a uh, skewer and then you can have all you can eat it's all you can eat different cuts of meat and it's awesome and I just, like, didn't know at the time how significant this was going to be. My wife has a picture of me eating a piece of steak. It it looks super goofy with, like, a cocktail in front of me. But, uh, yeah, as you could see, I'm pointing to the screen here. But uh, March 13th, 2020, at 5.13 p.m., my wife and I were sitting in Fago de Chow, And I will never, ever, ever forget our phones vibrating and saying that Pittsburgh is now in a state of emergency. And us looking around and being like, I don't know, everything looks normal. Um i I guess I should once again say that this is a green card, so when you have the green card up, uh that it tells the employees to continue to bring you food and when it's red, which you can't see in this picture, um they stop. but uh, yeah, so I took this at Fogo to Chow because I don't know we were just there, and I think I sent it to like my dad and my brother just to kind of say like, hey, look where we're at, and um. Yeah, so I'll. I just remember I was sitting there, and then when they declared a state of emergency, I remember just looking around and seeing people walking around outside, like everything was normal. And at this time, if I remember correctly, I think there was like different news cuts of people being bolted in their homes in China, and uh, supposedly people dropping dead in the streets from COVID, and a lot of uncertainty. But like I said, I just from the very beginning something just did not seem right to me. So um, by the end of that month, March, I was out of work. So I I guess let's kind of go back to a screen share here, and we're going to go through uh, the different state of emergency and just kind of, like I said, look back at this postmortem. So um, this is a proclamation from March 13th, 2020, which was the day um, that I took that picture at Fogo de Chow. Um, under the Trump administration, proclamation on declaring a national emergency concerning the novel coronavirus disease COVID-19 outbreak issued March 13, 2020. Um, so we're going to read this here, and it's it's good that we never forget what happened and kind of where we came from. And we should be grateful that like this stuff didn't continue, but we should also keep that indignation and remember what was done to us, the people and all the people who told that we weren't necessary when in my mind and a lot of other people's mind, there's nothing more unnecessary than government workers and bureaucrats who were the ones pointing the finger at you telling you that you didn't have a right to work. You didn't have a right to earn a living that you couldn't go to feed your family and to just sit there, shut up and wait for your cash, your stolen purchasing power to feed your family instead of being able to go out and earn it yourself. And that does something to people. That's a loss of purpose. Right. Um, I, I can't speak for everybody, but um I myself am a very conscientious person, very work oriented. And uh it kind of drove me nuts. It did. I mean it was maddening to not be able to go out and you know break a sweat bust my knuckles and earn my keep and i think that was the way a lot of people felt so i just really want people to remember what happened where we were where we are and where we could always go back to in December 2019, a novel new coronavirus known as SARS-CoV-2, the virus, was first detected in Wuhan, Hubei Province, People's Republic of China, causing outbreaks of the coronavirus disease COVID-19 that has now spread globally. The Secretary of Health and Human Services, HHS, declared a public health emergency or public health emergency on January 31st, 2020, under Section 319 of the Public Health Service Act. Um, In response to COVID-19, I've taken sweeping action to control the spread of the virus in the United States, including by suspending entry of foreign nationals seeking entry who had been physically present within the prior 14 days in certain jurisdictions where COVID-19 outbreaks have occurred, including the People's Republic of China, the Islamic Republic of Iran, and the Schengen area of uh, Europe. The federal government, along with the state and local governments, has taken preventative and proactive measures to slow the spread of the virus and treat those affected, including by instituting federal quarantines for individuals evacuated from foreign nations, issuing a declaration pursuant to Section 319F3 of the Public Health Service Act, and releasing policies to accelerate the acquisition of personal protective equipment and streamline bringing new diagnostic capabilities to laboratories. On March 11th, 2020, the World Health Organization announced that the COVID-19 outbreak can be characterized as a pandemic as the rates of infection continue to rise in many locations around the world and across the United States. Um, and it's really hard. It was really hard at the time to put your finger on just how serious this was going to be. But by the halfway through April, it was... Pretty clear to Mostly everybody that it was mostly elderly and obese people who were dying, people with severe comorbidities. Um, And I often put it this way that COVID wasn't necessarily the disease and the killer that went around slaughtering people indiscriminately. It was the pin that poked a lot of bubbles. It poked a financial bubble and it poked at the uh, public health bubble. What's up, everybody? Um, We're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, We are brought to you by Element T Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance or definitely cardio performance would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. and. Let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea. Like You know how to book flights and hotels.
0: All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
1: I do every single morning, Um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee, so that way, whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Uh, Also, it tastes really, really good. Get some uh, chocolate cream or hazelnut cream or even coconut and, uh, mix it all up. It tastes really, really good. So uh, yeah, make sure you drop by, go to com slash in liberty and health uh, and pick you up some electrolytes today. All right, guys. Thanks. Um, a lot of people were just fine carrying on as normal and being obese and thinking that everything was okay. But then this really kind of, once again, burst that bubble in the illusion that we're a healthy nation. We're not. Um, I don't have the paper in front of me, perhaps I should have had it, but uh, only about 12% of the U.S. population um, is metabolically healthy. Uh, There's not many people who have a reasonable BMI, and I know that's a crude measurement, but if your BMI is over, like, 30, I want to say, then chances are you are obese, and you could probably afford to lose a little bit of fat. And adipose tissue um, lets out what's called adipokines, which are very inflammatory, which can weaken your immune system. So when you are excessively obese, AKA having lots of adipose tissue, then you are already at a higher state of inflammation, causing you to already be susceptible to illness and disease. Um, I've done podcasts on this before. So feel free to go back through the, uh, you know, through the di- or through the catalog here to uh, check out some of that, because I, I want to say it was episode 40 or something like that, that I did a, uh, Uh, podcast on COVID and obesity and overall risk. Uh, So continuing on here, the spread of COVID-19 within our nation's communities threatens to strain our nation's healthcare systems. As of March 12, 2020, 1,645 people from 47 states have been infected with the virus that causes COVID-19. It is incumbent on hospitals and medical facilities throughout the country to assess their preparedness posture and be prepared to surge capacity and capability. Additional measures, however, are needed to successfully contain and combat the virus in the United States. Um, there were a lot of like hospitals and stuff that were opened up. And once again, I don't have these numbers on the top of my head. But uh, from what I understand is that a lot of hospitals already ran like at capacity. Um, we were already looking at a lot of people not really working full time. Uh, that's why the unemployment numbers are so fudged, where you have in the mid to low 60% of um people in the workforce. And only like 6% unemployment. So where's the difference of like 30% of a lot of those people work in the gig economy. Some of those people are disaffected workers who just aren't in the unemployment statistics. Some of those are the Q9. I think the number is called a Q6, something like that. So there's a lot of like nuance when it comes to the unemployment workforce participation numbers. So that's why in my mind, I think some of the hospitals were already at capacity. Excuse me. Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, by the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, including Sections 201 and 301 of the National Emergencies Act, um, and consistent with with Section 1135 of the Social Security Act, as amended, do hereby find and proclaim that the COVID-19 outbreak in the United States constitutes a national emergency beginning March 1st, 2020. Pursuant this to this declaration, I direct as follows. And once again, this was Donald Trump. Um, he didn't do a national lockdown, but let's not forget that this was once again under his administration, he kept Anthony Fauci as the head of the CDC instead of throwing his ass out and walking the American or allowing governors the power to become tin pot dictators. This is culpability on his part. And a lot of people want to just say this was all Democrats. No, this was Republicans, too. There are very, very few Republicans who were actually good on this issue. DeSantis locked down Florida no matter what people want to say. Um, now, granted, he, to his credit, did pivot on a lot of this stuff and become better. But um, he did lock Florida down. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, significantly worse or just as bad as the other people. But he still was there um so section one emergency authority the secretary of hhs may exercise the authority under section 1135 of the ssa to temporarily waive or modify certain requirements of the medicare medicaid and state children's health insurance programs and of the health insurance portability and accountability act privacy rule throughout the duration of the public health emergency declared in response to covid 19 outbreak section two cert- certification and notice and exercising this authority the secretary of HHS shall provide certification and advance written notice to the Congress as required by Section 1135 of the SSA um, Section 3 General Provisions. Nothing in this proclamation shall be construed to impair or otherwise affect the authority granted by law to an executive department or agency or head thereof, or the functions of the director of office management and budget relating to budgetary administrative or legislative proposals. Um, this proclamation shall be Im- implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of appropriations. This proclamation is not intended to, and does not create any right or benefit, substantive or procedural enforceable law or inequity by any party against the United States, its department agencies or entities, or its officers, employees, or agents, or any um other person. A witness uh, whereof I hereunto set my hand this thirteenth day of March in the year of our Lord 2020 and of the independence of the United States of America, the 244th Donald J. Trump. Um yeah. This was the declaration that gave the the governors all across America the essential powers to lock you in your home and tell you that you're not necessary and that they have free reign over your essential autonomy and your ability to go earn a living. Is what it is. Um, so we're going to continue on here. This is February 10th, 2023. Um, This was the Biden White House, so I, I, do I need to say anything? He's very complicit in all this and Biden, on the campaign trail, did kind of campaign on national mask mandates. Um, He did almost uh, mandate the treatment for all individuals. Thankfully, that failed. Um, And if I'm being honest, I think if it was um, under Trump, I don't think Trump would have fought the treatment mandates. I really don't. I think he would have made a lot of noise about it. But I think a lot of the Republicans would have been less willing to put up a fight under republican leadership because hey it's my guy i have to play politics right i need uh donor money i need the political will i can't seem like a dissident against my leader and my party so you know i have to run with it um so february 10th 2023 notice on the continuation of the national emergency concerning the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic um on march 13th 2020 by proclamation 994 the president had declared a national emergency concerning the coronavirus disease uh 2019 COVID-19 pandemic today we're in a different phase of the response to that pandemic than we were in March of 2020 and my administration is planning for an end to the national emergency but an orderly transition is critical to the health and safety of the nation uh so just a real quick pause there um why would it still be an emergency in 2023 when Treatments are available, both um, inoculations and uh, monoclonal antibodies and different medications. Clearly, the death rate's down. We know what we're dealing with. Uh, the, The information's out there, right? And if you did not get healthy over the course of three years, at some point, it is your fault. Especially when you know all the data about how this can affect people who are more at risk. Um, There is a certain point of complicity, and that's not to say I don't feel bad for those people, but, like, you could have done something over the course of three years. So there's no reason to still consider this an emergency at this point. And I know there were plenty of continuations along the way, but um, this is just one of the ones that came up, so I just wanted to read this. Um, For this reason, the national emergency declared on March 13, 2020, and beginning March 1st, 2020... um, must continue in effect beyond March 1st, 2023. Therefore, in accordance with Section 202 of the National Emergencies Act, I'm continuing the national emergency declared in Proclamation 994 concerning the COVID-19 pandemic. I anticipate terminating the national emergency concerning the COVID-19 pandemic on May 11th, 2023. This notice shall be published in the Federal Register and m- transmitted to Congress. Uh, Joseph R. Biden, uh, the White House, February 10th, 2023. So, uh, like I said, there—I'm sure there were continuations throughout Biden's presidency before this, but once again, this is one. So it, it's kind of interesting because, as I said, I'm recording this April 16th, and they said they're going to terminate it on May 11th of 2023. But um, here we are. Bill signed H.J. Res. Point Seven on Monday, April 10th, 2023. The president signed into law H.J. Res. Seven, which terminates the national the national emergency related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, yeah, so there we are. I wanted to title this podcast, The End of an Era, and I will, but, um, it is kind of symbolic in that regards because it's the White House officially saying, like, this is over and we can go back to life as normal, although, Lord, everybody did. (laughs) I mean, how many people do you see? walking outside with masks on at least you know here in southwestern pennsylvania it's pretty rare you still see it like when i went to giant eagle the other day which is a grocery store here for uh, people who may not have that where they live or wherever you're listening um i saw somebody wearing a mask and i'm like what's wrong with that person (laughs) like I, i you forget that this happened because um culturally we just kind of moved on and i think some of this actually is due to the ukraine stuff uh you know some of the china stuff that's going to be coming that i've covered a lot on this podcast but um this it it feels like most of the COVID stuff is now gone um you never know what could happen next and people are saying climate lockdowns i'm going to be honest i don't see that being a thing people have talked about it and like point to stuff saying that oh look this is it but like i don't think there's any concrete evidence of that being a thing at least not yet um and i'm completely open to being wrong um if you listen to the podcast from the beginning till now um you'll notice i've changed my tone and changed my mind on a lot of stuff and um, if there's better data or you know, there's a hypothesis or something that convinces me more that lockdowns or climate lockdowns are going to be a thing, I'll change my mind, I'll be the first one to absolutely rail against that. And I am against that right now. Um, or any semblance of that, because it's how are you gonna lock people in their home? Like and the other thing is is that a lot of the ways to keep people in their home is going to be by using, you know, energy to keep people comfortable i mean if people aren't comfortable then people are start flipping tables when people get hungry or uncomfortable or start starving well, i guess that is the same thing as hungry. um that's when shit's going to start to really hit the fan and people are really going to start wanting answers or wanting something else um i don't know what comes next in terms of an emergency but it seems like a lot of the fervor has kind of gone over to ukraine russia Taiwan, China, and I think in the 2024 election season, you know, we're going to start seeing this here in a couple months, that uh, a lot of the appetite is going to be for more foreign intervention overseas. And I don't think there's going to be a lot focused on the domestic stuff. I mean, you're seeing now like that Digital Patriot Act, the Restrict Act for banning TikTok, which um, if you listen to episodes I've done with Patrick McFarlane, we've kind of dived on that. Where, like, uh, this TikTok stuff is such bullshit, but that's for another podcast. Um, you know, I, I think the government realized that they played a heavy hand and they can get away with it. And I think they think they can get away with it again. And I hope there's enough resistance to it. And I hope that the propaganda isn't so strong that people buy into it again. I can't say I'm very optimistic. I think people will buy into it again, unfortunately, and we'll see some kind of tyranny again in our lifetimes um it it, there's a different air about everything that's going on lately um and i'm sure people have said this before but the general consensus in the united states right now about how everything's going just seems a lot less stable than it used to be um it, it feels like we're on the precipice of something huge and i don't know what that is um I just have to say I'm not omniscient and I hope throughout this podcast people have seen that I'm definitely not that. I'm very, very ignorant and there's plenty of things that I don't know and that I try to portray things in a nuanced and fact-based, science-driven way. Um, We'll just kind of have to see what happens over the next few years. Um, I know I kind of just ranted and rambled throughout this podcast, but I hope this is enjoyable for people. and I hope it kind of you know, helps you collect your thoughts on what happened over the last three years. I know it was kind of cathartic for me to kind of put it out there. So I hope this is enjoyable for everybody. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Um, I appreciate all the new listeners that I've gotten. Um, I posted on Twitter, but my downloads literally doubled within a week. And I see that have more consistent listeners. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, I'd like to get more listeners over on YouTube. So if you're not watching, listening over there, please go like, subscribe and do all that good stuff over there. Check it out. Um, And if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, anything like that, please leave me a uh, rating and review. It means the world to me and helps me get the word out there and hopefully help you live your best life. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm on Twitter at Kyle Matovic, K-Y-L-E-M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K. Um, I play for the band Common Crown, for those that don't know. And, uh, yeah, Um, I just hope this was helpful and you guys enjoyed listening. So um, until next time, everybody, take care and, um, you know, stay jacked, tan, and happy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you.